Okay, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. This is episode 253, and this episode is entirely about the Jets quarterback, Sam Darnold. We'll do a film analysis about him. We're going to answer some questions from Patreon. Basically, a Sam Darnold Q&A, where we talk about the coaching around him, his arm. Whatever questions I didn't really cover in the film analysis will be answered in the Q&A. But before we do anything, I do want to say first, this episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Straight up, they helped me. They gave me a better plan uh, for trimming downstairs. If you're like me, you got tired of you know, trying to trim down there and cutting yourself. And um, if you're tired of nicking the family jewels, I recommend the Lawnmower 3.0. I made a whole video about it on my personal YouTube channel. The Lawnmower 3.0 is great. Go to manscaped.com. Use promo code CLNS20. CL. NS20 for 20% off of your purchases. Uh, it's genuinely a great product. It made my life better. I can't recommend it enough. No, no bullshit, no lie. Um, wow, I sweared. <laughs> you know I'm tired when I do that. Um, this, well, let's talk about Sam Darnold. I went through the process I go through with every single quarterback when I do a film analysis, and I watched every single game that Sam Darnold played. And this was honestly really hard because... When I dove into film of Sam Darnold, the Jets quarterback's 2019 season, I found some pretty alarming stuff. There were some moments where, honestly, I felt bad for Sam. And so in this film analysis, we're going to do three things. We're going to, number one, break down the problems on the Jets and explain why I felt bad for Sam Darnold. Number two, I'm going to hold Sam accountable. I'm not going to just blame everything on the Jets. We're going to talk about the problems with Sam Darnold, what he needs to work on to become a better quarterback. And then number three, in the end, I'll ultimately explain why I do, in the end, believe in Sam Darnold as the future of the New York Jets. So right off the bat, the first thing that needs to be addressed is the offensive line. There were so many moments where Sam Darnold had absolutely no chance last year. Either there'd be a miscommunication on the offensive line, or a guy would just completely miss an assignment. The Jets' offensive line was comically bad. Guys would constantly come free, and there were times where Sam would catch a snap, take a three-step drop, and then the minute his foot hit the ground on his third step, he'd immediately have guys in his face. You'd think, hey, five offensive linemen could block three defenders. If you have a numbers advantage, you'd think you would win, and you're sorely mistaken because the New York Jets could not protect Sam even when they had a numbers advantage. When they had five guys only trying to block three, they still couldn't make it happen. And I've got a rule where a quarterback should not take a sack on the goal line, but against the Redskins, Sam's right tackle got so badly beaten that it was unavoidable. Not only did the Jets have offensive line problems, they had receiver problems as well. First of all, they didn't have a single receiver who could make consistent contested catches against man coverage. They had Robbie Anderson, a guy who ran by everybody, but they dropped so many passes. The receiving core of the Jets dropped a ton of passes. Easy ones, in fact. Touchdowns were dropped. Now, the Jets, again, did have Robbie Anderson. But he didn't want to do much more than run in a straight line. He was a solid vertical threat, good at running a fade. But he really lacked physicality inside. There's one moment that really stands out to me, kind of highlighting a problem with the Jets receiving core, where Damarius Thomas was running vertically. 
he gets behind the safety and then just slows his feet down and gives up on the play. Sam throws it deep, expecting him to be there. And because Dimeri slowed his feet down, it became an incompletion. It looks like, at first glance, a bad throw that Sam overthrew. But what kills me is that it's actually a big missed opportunity by the receiver. Now, another challenge Sam had to deal with last year was his head coach, Adam Gase. The lack of adjustment by Adam Gase is just baffling to me. The offensive line was a major issue for the Jets last year, and yet Adam Gase kept calling longer developing plays, often that had no outlet underneath in case pressure got there quickly. There's a play against the Dolphins where a man opens up deep, but the design to protect Sam is a mess. In theory, Damarius Thomas was supposed to come across the formation and give a chip block to protect the quarterback, but the timing did not work at all. And it makes you wonder, did this play get repped at all? It's the first play of the game. You know that all week this was drawn up and talked about. So it's just odd to me. How did this play not work? And it's really, from a lack of adjustment standpoint, Adam Gase failed. And really, his overall design often is wrong. And often there's so much little mismanagement. Like, how does this, your first play of the game, get this badly mismanaged that Sam has no opportunity to get the ball off? It's your first play of the game. You know you talked about it. You know you worked on it. It's weird to me. There's little tiny moments like this all throughout the year where you see repeated disorganization by the Jets offense. So you have Sam Darnold running for his life because of a struggling offensive line. You have receivers who struggle to make plays or beat man coverage. And you have a coach calling plays who isn't adapting to situations. Now, the New England Patriots exploited all of these weaknesses and embarrassed the New York Jets. You had all the Jets' problems. Then you add to that that they have a young quarterback, Sam Darnold, who's still learning. And the Patriots game was by far the worst game Sam and the Jets had all year last year. Sam was 11 for 32 passing. That's a 34% completion percentage, dismally low. He had zero touchdowns, four interceptions, and a fumble. Now, the main thing the Patriots defense did to stop the Jets was play cover zero. What that means is it's called cover zero because you have zero safeties in the middle of the field. The Patriots played man-to-man coverage across the board and brought the house. Sam had no chance. His receivers couldn't win outside, and his offensive line was completely overwhelmed by the Patriots' blitz. The beating Sam took last year is what made me feel bad for him. And I'll be honest, the Patriots game was a scary moment in his development as a quarterback. Near the end of the game, he had a man open in the end zone. It should have been a touchdown. But Sam cringed away from pressure. He doesn't step into his throw, and as a result, he underthrows the pass, and it gets intercepted. What should have been a touchdown was an interception because he was afraid to step into pressure. And you could tell the constant pressure got to him. He had another interception in that game where he just panicked in the pocket and threw a bad interception over the middle. No one was there. Nothing was open. He just panicked. And that's the danger of not protecting a young quarterback. The constant pressure can cause him to stop trusting his offensive linemen. Now, Sam is far from perfect, but my goodness, he is not being properly supported by the Jets. 
There's a play on the goal line against the Dolphins where, you know, of course a defender comes free, running right at Sam, and he tries to do the right thing. He tries to throw the ball away and avoid taking a sack on the goal line. Taking a sack would mean that third and goal from the two-yard line would actually instead be third and goal from the 11-yard line. That's a big difference. But he gets hit as he throws the ball, it gets intercepted, and it's moments like that where he gets to the top of his drop and there's just nowhere to throw, there's pressure in his face, and his hands are tied over and over again. I watch on film moments where I look at Sam and go, I don't know how any quarterback could survive in that environment, let alone do well. And last year, so many things went wrong, from having mono to getting embarrassed by New England to all the bad moments last year, plus the lack of support around him from his offensive line, his receivers dropping passes, his coach not adjusting to defenses. That had to be the worst football season of his life. I really believe in Sam Darnold. He deserves a lot of respect for his resiliency. I mean, that Patriots game was embarrassing. He looked lost. But it's interesting, he didn't fall apart. He didn't let that ruin his season. He kept fighting and put things together a lot more in the final four games of the year. However, before we get into the good parts of his game, I want to hold him accountable. I want to talk about the things he needs to work on. The reality about Sam Darnold is that if you want to find reasons to hate him, you very easily can. The number one thing Sam needs to work on is his ball location. He frequently will throw the ball to the wrong shoulder of a receiver or leave an out route way too far inside, and he really struggles throwing corner routes in particular. This problem is really enhanced by poor footwork. There's a play against the Raiders that highlights it really well, where Sam throws for a big gain, but his feet are a mess. He's literally jumping around in the pocket. Well, he gets away with it, but you don't want a quarterback who's jumping around in the pocket. He needs to be more steady and find more proper footwork. Often when you watch Sam, his feet are really sloppy when he's operating the Jets' offense, and it makes me wonder if he's taking a drop, thinking about what his feet should be doing. He needs to take more reps, and his footwork needs to be second nature rather than something he has to be thinking about while he's doing it. Against the Bills, he left a throw too far inside. It got deflected into the air and intercepted. Ball location is something Sam Darnold needs to work on. There's a throw against the Cowboys he's throwing to the left where he leaves the ball far too inside on an outbreaking route. And what's sad is that on that same left side, he actually had a slant open against man coverage. He should have just helped himself out and taken the easier throw. Another play against the Steelers on third and seven. He was late on a wheel route and it cost him a completion. And then many times you see Sam just make a baffling mistake. Way too many times he makes a throw And I'm left watching wondering, why is he throwing there? What did he see? Nobody's open. It doesn't make any sense. You can tell Sam was just trying to survive week to week. Someday he'll be able to thrive, but he's a ways off from thriving in the NFL. But that's actually not all terrible. You have to remember, not only is Sam a young quarterback who's still learning, you got to remember he's younger than Joe Burrow, Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and he's two years younger than Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold is still figuring out the NFL. And that's okay. He's got room to grow. Here's why I believe in Sam. He's got a lot of great stuff on tape. Despite all the chaos around him, you see so many moments that are special. A great throw against man coverage. A dime where you went, dang, that's perfect. One of his smarter plays was against the Steelers. He recognized the blitz. 
he understood that the linebacker guarding his running back was way in the middle of the field. The linebacker was going to have to run all the way across the field to get into position. Sam saw that and stole easy yards. Now, Sam's footwork needs to improve. But he does have a really special natural feel for bodies all around him. There will be a subtle step to the right or a step to the left. He's really great at feeling pressure around him. And Sam is really good at improvisation. I know that playmaker is a generic term, but that's exactly what Sam Darnold is. He's not the fastest or the strongest, but he's scrappy and has a knack for just creating success. In the last four games of the year, Sam really hit his stride. There are some really good throws on tape. For example, against the Ravens, he threw a guy open on the goal line. And he just does some stuff that cannot be coached. Adam Gase is not my favorite coach in the NFL. In fact, I'm leaning towards wanting Adam Gase fired. But at the end of the year, nearly every play did have a built-in hot route underneath that Sam could throw to in case he was under pressure. That's a good adjustment. It came way too late in my opinion. But it isn't totally hopeless. Adam Gase could put it together next year. So Sam has a lot of growing to do. His ball location needs to get better. His feet need to improve. And I want to see more consistent decision making. But the Jets had better surround him with talent. Sam is a young quarterback slowly making progress. But he is the future of the Jets. And man, is he a special talent capable of some amazing things. He just needs to get some support from his team. He can win in New York, but he's not going to do it all by himself. I do want to give credit, though, where credit is due. The Jets got an offensive lineman in the first round of the NFL draft and a receiver, Denzel Mims, in the second round. And that's a good start. So I'm excited to watch the development of Sam Darnold moving forward. I just hope that the Jets give him the tools he needs to be successful. But the fact that the Jets went 7-9 and nine last year is actually pretty impressive. They were not totally abysmal, and they very easily could have been. And that's largely due to Sam Darnold. They lost three games without Sam. And you have to wonder, if he played the whole year last year, would they have been 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7? and seven? So I think people just don't understand how much Sam Darnold elevated the Jets last year. I think he's headed in the right direction. He's a young quarterback getting better. But I do think he is the future of the Jets. He needs more support. He needs to get better for sure. But he's got a lot of stuff I like. Too many good things on film to be ignored. I also want to say, by the way, I like that the Jets brought in Joe Flacco to be their backup quarterback. It's cool he's willing to come in and happy to mentor Sam Darnold. That's a big deal. And it's just it's valuable and important to have a former Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback like Joe Flacco coming in to be the backup. It seems like Flacco has accepted and embraced the backup role he wants to be around football. I really like that. I'm surprised that Joe Flacco seems to be wanting that. But I think it's really awesome that the Jets are bringing in Joe Flacco as a veteran mentor for Sam Darnold. Now, it's time for Ask Zach. It's my favorite part of the show because it's where we answer questions from the audience. If you want to submit a question and you don't know how to, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Shomler. You give a dollar a month, please. You can give more if you want to. It does literally help pay my rent every month. Um, But a dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on Patreon. Now, I do not guarantee to answer every single question I get from Patreon on the show, but I do guarantee, my promise is, I look at every single question with my eyeballs, 
And then I picked the top couple to read at the end of the podcast. Today's questions are all centered around Sam Darnold very intentionally. And the first question is from Logan. He says, hey, Zach, my question is, what makes Sam Darnold different from the past USC failed quarterbacks? I believe from watching him that he's not in that category, but I don't have any tangible evidence. I mean, if you compare Sam Darnold to other former USC quarterbacks, I think he's a lot more gifted. You know, Max Brown, Cody Kessler, Matt Barkley, Mark Sanchez, even Matt Leinart. Sam Darnold is the most physically gifted quarterback of that group of guys I just listed. And it's really not all that close either. Sam is really, really remarkably talented. And he's great at improvising and creating plays. And he's got a much better arm. Now, the only former USC quarterback that I would really compare Sam Darnold to is Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback from USC. He played for the Bengals for years. And the reason why they're oddly similar is the way that, you know, both Carson and Sam play for, played for or play for teams that really have made their lives harder. You know, Carson was held back a lot by the Bengals' dysfunction. And Sam really has been greatly hindered by being the quarterback for the New York Jets. Being a part of the Jets is not great. Now, I hate comparing quarterbacks from the same college simply based off of where they went to school because it's kind of ridiculous to compare guys who played for totally different coaching staffs in different offensive systems and are completely different athletes. Like Sam Darnold is a much better quarterback from a physical standpoint than a guy like Mark Sanchez or Matt Barkley, and they played for completely different coaching staffs. So I don't know how you can compare them, but Sam Darnold uh, I think is the most talented quarterback from USC in the NFL since Carson Palmer. I think they're comparable. I don't really know who I'd pick to be better. Uh, Definitely Carson's better now than where Sam is, but where will Sam end up? I don't know. But Sam is on another planet compared to most other USC quarterbacks when it comes to physical talent. And uh, that's got to be, I think, considered. And I just, again, I hate the idea of comparing a quarterback simply based on where they went to school. That seems very silly And it's just, there's not a lot of nuance there to say like, oh, he's just like every other USC quarterback. Well, they played in different offenses. They're completely different quarterbacks. It's just not a comparison I really like making. Now, Joel writes in, he says, how do you feel about Sam Darnold's deep ball? Sam's deep ball is quite good on like a fade or on a vertical route, uh, but he really struggles with throwing corners, that deep corner route along to the pylon. Uh, His ball location is all over the place on corner routes for whatever reason. I think it's mostly largely due to his footwork problems. But man, I will say the dude throws a really, really pretty fade ball. And I got really no concerns about his deep ball if he can clean up the corner throw. Now Jack writes in, Jack says, What is the main area of improvement needed for Sam Darnold to take the next step? So ball location needs to be better. He needs to be consistently more accurate in my opinion. Uh, He often throws behind his receivers or to the wrong shoulder, and that's due to poor footwork. And the guy just needs to be a better, more consistent decision maker all across the board. Quite frankly, there are just way too many decisions where I'm sitting there going, what is happening? It's just a boneheaded decision to throw against the Patriots. Multiple moments where I go, there's no one there. No one's open. Why are you throwing the ball there? It makes no sense. That happens too often for Sam. I don't know if he's going to be have a career trajectory kind of like Brett Favre, where Brett Favre had moments where he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but you went, uh, what's that, Brett? Why'd you throw there? Like Brett's famous final throw for the Minnesota Vikings was, you know, that throw back across his body against, maybe not, I think it was actually second or last year, but against the Saints where 
He throws an interception back across his body in the playoffs, and it's like, Brett, what are you doing? And maybe Sam is just one of those guys where he's going to be great and then have moments where you go, I don't understand that. But I want to see Sam get more polished and make better decisions more consistently. Uh, you know, he's young, though. And I, I think the point about Sam is that he's still trying to survive week to week. He's not yet thriving. So when it comes to reading NFL defenses, he's not thriving yet. He's just surviving. And I want to see him someday thrive rather than just surviving or just getting by week to week. Does that make sense? Like Tom Brady's mastered NFL defenses. Sam Darnold is so far below him right now, just trying to figure things out, doing the best he can week to week. Now, Bobby writes in, he says, Hey, Zach, long-time suffering Jets fan here. Which quality of Sam Darnold's game is the most impressive to you? In my opinion, his ability to throw with accuracy and touch off-platform or without his feet being set stands out to me. There's a particular play that comes to mind against the Redskins where he steps up in the pocket, slides to the left, and finds Ryan Griffin in the end zone for a touchdown. What stands out to you? I think you hit the nail right in the head. Um, you know, I, I, he's phenomenal at, you know, for lack of a better term, Sam Darnold is uh, just a playmaker. His playmaking ability, his ability to extend plays and make things happen. I mean, there's a throw at the two-point conversion where he just kind of scrambles around. Again, he's not really fast. I wouldn't say he's a scrambling quarterback, but he's scrappy. He makes it happen. And he's got a two-point conversion where he extends the play a little bit, throws the ball up just right in a perfect location for a uh, a two-point conversion. And it looks ridiculous because you're like, how do you do that? And so Sam is not Gardner Minshew or Tony Romo or Russell Wilson when it comes to running around and extending plays. But there is some kind of a, I just, I don't know how to put it other than like an it factor or a, a playmaking ability to just creatively make stuff happen. Uh, it's wild. It's awesome. He can create a play out of seemingly nothing. And he's so imp- good at improvising and making stuff up. That's Sam Darnold's best trait is his physical talent and then his knack for just making a play creatively work even if there's nothing actually there. Another question from Bobby. He says, After watching the film, do you have faith in Adam Gase's ability to play call? Why or why not? I'm genuinely curious. No, I, I don't have any faith in Adam Gase as a play caller. I'm honestly on team fire Adam Gase. Uh, his lack of adjustments just drove me nuts, um, especially that week seven game against the Patriots where the Patriots went to cover zero. They said, we're going to play man coverage across the board. We are going to blitz a ton. And Adam Gase had no idea what adjustment to make. Adam Gase had no answer. His hands were tied. And that's so bad for your young quarterback who's like, coach, help me. What do we got to do? And the coach goes, sorry, kid, I got nothing we can do to make this better. I just don't understand. Adam Gase kept trying to go vertical when it's like, clearly, you got to get the ball out of Sam's hands really quickly. Instead of using more movement routes and crossing routes, it was so odd to me. And watching that game, Week 7 Patriots-Jets made me totally lose faith in Adam Gase. He got a little better towards the end of the year. It's not hopeless. Um, But it's not just play calling either regularly the Jets offense looked disorganized where, you know, there's crappier timing, there's crappy timing that kind of reflects uh, poor practice habits or, you know, a lack of preparation. So I'm, I'm really, really skeptical when it comes to Adam Gase, his, you know, disorganized, his, I guess the, the phrase is his lack of organization is a problem. And then his lack of adjustments in games just drive me nuts. I don't understand. 
Um, I, I, I just is repeatedly. I'm sitting there watching film, going, "Please, for the love of anything, make a change because what you're doing isn't working. You keep trying the same thing, and it's just not happening." Seth writes in. He says, "Zach, do you think the Cleveland Browns regretted drafting Baker Mayfield instead of Sam Darnold, as I wanted my dad's team to pick Darnold number one?" Uh, it's too soon to know who's going to be better, Baker or Sam. Both have had a lot of turmoil. you got to remember that Baker Mayfield had to deal with Freddie Kitchens as head coach last year. Uh, Sam had no offensive line, bad receiver, seemingly a crappy coach with Adam Gase. But I will say that Sam appears to be more stable. You know, the fact that Sam didn't fold last year, his resilience really stood out to me. After Mono getting battered by the Patriots, uh, he steadily improved. He had a, a lot of st- stuff go wrong last year. But Sam didn't fold. He actually got better as the year went on. In the final four games, he put together a pretty solid body of work. Baker was, you know, kind of like a descent into madness where he was lashing out at the media. He did not get better as the year went on. And I think I'd rather have Sam simply for his resiliency alone, not to mention his talent. I I do think if I had a gun to my head, Zach, make a choice, I would pick Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield right now, even though Baker has better weapons. And I think Baker is going to succeed as well. I think both Baker and Sam have the tools to make it happen. But I think I'd take Sam Darnold right now over Baker Mayfield simply because I think Baker is not as much of a grown-up. I know it's a it's a kind of a cliche with Baker Mayfield, but Sam Darnold is so steady and so resilient. And I just think that matters for your franchise quarterback. I really like that about Sam Darnold. And it's a stereotype that's been come to known. Uh, there's a famous sports personality that always talks about how he hates Baker and loves Sam Darnold, but there is something to it where you watch what they've both been through, and it appears like Sam Darnold handles it a lot better. Han- you know, Sam Darnold handles struggle and handles things going wrong a lot better than Baker Mayfield has. Okay, Joseph writes in, he says, Hey, Zach, completely dead inside without any hope for the future here, but I guess that's what, ha- that's what happens when you pick all of the worst New York sports teams. <laughs> Do you think that Sam Darnold's infamous I'm seeing ghosts game was an actual representation of his ability to make good decisions as an NFL quarterback, or was it just a result of his missed time and reduced reps in a year with a brand new offense, both on the field and in the playbook? Um, I want to talk about that, that thing where Sam Darnold said, I'm seeing ghosts. First of all, I went back and watched the clip for context to try to understand when he said it and why he said it. He said that right after a really bad interception where he basically panicked in the pocket, threw the ball up for grabs over the middle of the field, and you got to realize that the Patriots had been hammering him with pressure all day long. And I believe that him saying, I'm seeing ghosts, had less to do with the coverage and more to do with him thinking he had pressure on on him that wasn't there. Like, he had pressure in his face. He had to get rid of the ball immediately. I think he panicked and... That's really, again, a symptom of a guy who, you know, doesn't have a great offensive line and is getting the tar beat out of him every single week. Um, He was not prepared for the blitzes that the Patriots brought. Their defense was relentless, and it steadily wore down Sam's confidence in his protection. Sam, that's the lowest moment probably of his entire football career was Week 7 in 2019 against the Patriots. And that's why it's so important to protect young quarterbacks. And the Patriots are, excuse me, the Jets are lucky that the habits didn't stick. The habits that you saw from Sam Darnold where he was cringing away from pressure and he was not 
comfortable in the pocket. The Jets are lucky that Sam Darnold is resilient enough to not let that become a habit for Sam. And I want to give Sam a lot of credit. That game is one of the worst games I've ever seen a quarterback have. I mean, he just got obliterated. Hit a ton. His body had to hurt. He was confused mentally. And I just think that what happened that he came back from that moment and had a pretty solid year after that is so impressive. Uh, I do think it's an accurate representation of Sam's youth. You know, Sam is a young quarterback, and that's an embarrassing moment that I hope never happens for Sam Darnold and the Jets. But it's kind of a symptom of all these things colliding where you have a receiving core that's bad, a bad offensive line, a coach not making good adjustments, and a young quarterback who is woefully unprepared for moments like that. And so I don't think it's a representation of Sam Darnold as a quarterback, but it's definitely a representation of where Sam was as a quarterback back then and how much room he has to grow moving forward. Guys, that's all I have. Thank you so very much. I really enjoyed doing a deep dive into just Sam Darnold. I hope you enjoyed it as well. I want to end the show the same way I always do, which is that I want to say that four years ago, my younger brother took his life. And I learned two really painful lessons when that happened. Number one is that if you're struggling, please go get help. My brother never told anybody he was having a hard time. Uh, You know, I came home one day, he was dead on the floor. And that's awful. And I don't want that for anybody. And I just encourage you, if you're struggling, please go get help. Do not suffer in silence. If you have nobody you can talk to, if there's really like not a counselor or a teacher or a boss or a professor, or there's not a person you can go to in your life for help, I encourage you, as a last resort, if there's really nothing you can do, call the suicide hotline 1-800-273-8255, 1-800-273-8255. If you really have no one you can talk to, call the suicide hotline. And then make sure, man, if you are, I, I try really hard to make sure the people in my life now know how much I love them. I encourage you, tell the, your friends you love them. Give your girlfriend a hug. Give your mom a hug. Give your dad a hug. Tell the people in your life how much they mean to you. And make it clear to them that if they're struggling, they can come talk to you for help. You know, I never did a good enough job making it clear to my brother that if he was struggling, he could come talk to me. So I just encourage you, do better than I did. Uh, I'm okay. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing something that's hard for me, but I, I'm at peace with what happened with my brother. It's sad. I'll always be sad about it. But I know it's not my fault. But I encourage you, if you can help someone, make it clear to them that your door is open to them. Because I wish I had done a better job with my brother doing that. And then when someone does come to you for help, just push them towards professional help, a counselor, a psychiatrist, whatever. Go get someone professional help. Don't try to take it on by yourself. But be the guy who your friend is struggling. They're comfortable talking to you. I encourage you for that. Tell your friends you love them. Make sure people are understanding that if they're struggling, they can come talk to you. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. And uh, ba-dum-bum, bam, we are done.